He knows what you're going through. You can't say, God, you don't understand. Oh, yes, he does. He went through this life like we did, maybe even much worse, because he died on the cross and he took upon himself your sins and mine. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and today on In Grace, we are going to continue to answer Bible questions from people like you. The first question we're going to answer is a really good one. How does Jesus not know the hour of his return? because that's what it says in Mark 13, 32. And we're going to talk about that. If he's God and if he's all-knowing, how would he not know? So that'll be a good question uh, that we will answer using Scripture. Another one says, how do I handle gossip about you in the church? Well, there's some really good verses that will help us understand what we should do and what we shouldn't do as far as that goes. And then another great one is, when is your name written in the book of life? Uh, and there's some different views, and I've actually had a lot of thought on this and different um, ways that we can look at this. But the bottom line is, once you have put your trust in Jesus Christ and you're saved, you're born again, your name is in the book of life and it will never, ever come out. So that's an exciting thought, and uh, we're excited about all these things. Uh, don't forget on Wednesdays. Uh, we are broadcasting In Grace Television on TBN every Wednesday night. We have another awesome adventure, and we're featuring Discover Hidden Israel 2 right now on television. And so if you'd like to watch the In Grace television show, tune in tonight on TBN. It's the largest Christian broadcast network in the world, and uh, we're excited to be on uh, TBN. And then also, if you don't get TBN or if you want to watch at a different time, go to YouTube and search for In Grace. When you go to YouTube, our In Grace channel, subscribe to that, get alerts, and like the videos. More people will see the videos that all have the gospel, and you'll be able to watch anytime our exciting adventures. And so we encourage you to watch In Grace television tonight on TBN or anytime on YouTube or Roku. I love answering Bible questions. And those of you that have submitted questions, I'm thankful for you. It tells me that you are reading the Bible, studying, and thinking. And I think that we serve a God of truth, and therefore there's no problem with questions. Because uh, if you don't have truth, then you do have a problem with questions. So if your kids are annoying you by asking you a lot of questions, say, thank you, Lord because then you can impart truth to your kids. Don't get frustrated when that happens. Uh, there was a dad and a daughter, and they were going out to a restaurant, and they get there, and they're sitting down, and the little girl says, Daddy, why are we here? And he's like, well, we're here for lunch, honey. And she says, no, Daddy, why are we on this earth? You know, maybe a conversation he wasn't prepared to have at a restaurant with his daughter. But good questions. I made the mistake of asking one of your kids a question this week. I was talking to him about a, a little hoverboard. You've seen those with the two wheels and you stand on it and it looks terrifying. Terrifying. I mean, have any of you adults done these, these hoverboards without hurting yourself badly? So his answer, I mean, I, said, I, I just said we shouldn't be afraid of the truth, right? His answer was truthful. He says, 
you'll have to be careful not to exceed its weight limit. That's what he said to me. <laughs> Promise you. Okay, so what are some of your Bible questions? And we will get to as many as we can. Again, excellent, excellent questions. This one is a really good question as well. How does Jesus not know the hour of the Lord's or his return? I've heard it argued that it means they're not equal in power. Well, let us first look at the verse where it, it says this. This is in Mark, and this is Jesus in Mark 13, 32, where he says himself, the day or the hour knows no man. And what is this referring to? This is referring to his return. And we don't know when he's coming. We know he's coming. And it doesn't say that you might not recognize the season, the, the times, because it get, does give us a list of things that will be part of the end times. And if we see a, a technology is now here where everyone can see the, the two witnesses die uh, on their phones and, and everyone in the world could buy and sell with uh, one single uh, permission or mark of the beast. I mean, this is, this is here now. This has never been here before. So I feel like we can know the season, but we don't know the day or the hour, okay? And that, we can understand that. We don't know it. We're fine with that. But how would the angels not know it? And again, okay, we're fine with that. But then Jesus says, neither the Son, but the Father. Now that, to, to us, uh, we have an issue with that, right? Because we know that the Bible teaches that there's one God and three persons, but they're all equal in power, in knowledge, in glory, Okay? We know that, that, that they are all equal. So how could it be that the Son doesn't know the day or the hour, but the Father does? It's a really good question. So we come down to really this concept of the incarnation. When God came to earth, the second person of the Trinity, the Son, who always existed in perfect harmony and unity with the Father and with the Spirit, he entered into this world. He did something that I will call he self-veiled. He, he cloaked his power. He cloaked his knowledge. So much so, and he did this on his own. That's how powerful God is. He can self-cloak or self-veil his glory. We know for sure that most of the time he was on the earth, he just looked like a baby. He just looked like a boy. He just looked like a guy, a man. Okay, he wasn't, at one time he was radiant, but that was just for a short amount of time on Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration, right? But most of the time he was here, he looked like us. You would not know by looking. He, he veiled his glory. He veiled his I believe his knowledge and his ability. Now, obviously, he did miracles, and I believe that at those appointed times, the Father gave him the ability to perform those miracles or to have the knowledge of what's in someone's heart. But the rest of the time, the incarnation means that he, he veiled himself of these things. Now, it's still hard for us to understand that, but it's amazing. It's amazing, and he did that so that he could live the life we could not live. He can experience everything that you've experienced or you will experience. You know what's really awesome about that? He knows what you're going through. 
You can't say, God, you don't understand. Oh, yes, he does. He went through this life like we did, maybe even much worse, because he died on the cross and he took upon himself your sins and mine. And so a verse that will help us to really understand this is Philippians 2. It says in verse 6, who being the form of God, of course, this is Jesus, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus is equal with the Father. Now here's the key verse. If you really want to understand the incarnation and how he would not know the day or the hour and how he grew in knowledge and stature as a young boy, okay, here's how we can understand this. He made himself, Philippians 2, 7, okay? This is that self-veiling, self-cloaking, restricting his, his abilities at that point as he was on the earth. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So there it is. This is him actively restricting his glory, knowledge, and ability on this earth as a man. At times we see it. At times it was unveiled or uncloaked. But by and large, most of the time, he, he cloaked those abilities. So does that help you kind of understand how he wouldn't know the day or the hour? By the way, I do believe he knows now because he, he has, doesn't have that restriction anymore since he is... Uh, resurrected and ascended and glorified. And when we see him, he'll be in his glory, okay? We'll, we'll see him in his glory. But he's still, he's still a man. He still has a human body. And, but we'll see him uh, as he should have been before he made himself of no reputation. Took him on himself the form of a what? Servant? Folks, if you're not serving, you're missing it. You're missing it. Next question. How do you handle gossip about you and in a church? Okay, so gossip is on the list of what some have called sanctified sins. We don't really get that upset about gossip when we should. Oh, you can, you know, either you, you lost your salvation or you never had it in the first place if you committed this sin or that sin or this, but gossip's not on that list. So it's like, okay, it's like we can, we can do it or we can, we, can, we can phrase it in such a way that you're actually concerned about someone and it's more of like a prayer request. No, it's gossip, okay? What is gossip? One person has defined it like this. Speaking to someone who is neither directly part of the problem or the solution in a situation concerning another person who's not present. That's gossip. When you do that, it's wrong. It happens I'm very upset when it does. If I hear about it, I'll talk to you. If my staff hears about it, they'll talk to you. If my staff does it, I'll talk to them. If I do it, hopefully you all will talk to me. It's wrong, okay? It's wrong. Why is it wrong? Well, it harms your relationships. If you think it won't get back to the person, oh, yes, it will. I'm amazed at what gets back to people. That's why I love talking good about people because it gets back to them. And that's okay if you're complimenting them. or you're, And listen, almost everyone can, can be complimented. No matter how ornery they are, you can find something to compliment them on. Okay? So do that and it'll get back to them and that's good. But if you talk, even if it's true what you're saying, it's still wrong. 
unless you're part of the solution or you're part of the problem, the person's not there, you have no business saying it. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to Ingrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. If you want to take your exploration to the next level, with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive Ingrace's entire Israel bundle, featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's 800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. But let's talk about this book of life, okay? This book of life. Now, when we go through the Bible, we're going to find the book of life or the idea of names written in a book in heaven about 10 times, okay? Exodus 32, 32. This is Moses. He's upset about the people, uh, but he's also wanting God to forgive the people after the golden calf, and, and he tells God, if you won't forgive their sin, blot me out of the book which thou hast written. So this book, we assume it's the book of life. Does that mean that, that your name is in it and your name can be taken out? Okay? And that's, it's, it's possible. Here's the thing, though. I'll tell you this up front. We talked about this last time. Once you have received by faith Jesus, you're born again. You cannot become unborn. You're in the hand of God, all-powerful, almighty hand of God. You cannot be blotted out. Once you've received Jesus Christ by faith, you say, well, then how could your name be in the book of life? Maybe, and I'm not, I really am not positive about this. I know there's a book of life. I know my name's in the book of life, and I know my name cannot be blotted out of the book of life, okay? So is your name added when you're saved, or is your name added when you are uh, conceived? That's, that's really the question. And here it looks like you can be blotted out, but some people have noted that maybe that's not the book of life that we're talking about in Revelation a lot, but this is the book of the living. And that's possible because David wrote in Psalm 69, verse 28, let them be blotted out of the book of the living, not the book of life, the book of the living. So it's this idea that there's a book that contains everyone that's alive at the, at the time. And if you die, your name's blotted out of the book of the living. Okay, possible, very possible, if that's what it means. Now, we do find this idea of the book of life in the New Testament. Jesus, I didn't give you the verses, you can look up Luke 10.20 later, and he says that those that are saved, their names are written in heaven. Okay, so that's really awesome. In Philippians, Paul tells his fellow laborers that their names are written in the book of life, and that's Philippians 4.3. Now, we find the book of life a lot in Revelation. That's where we're finding it, okay? So Revelation 3.5, this tells you for sure, once you're saved, your name will not be removed, okay? For sure. It says this in Revelation 3.5, he that 
overcometh, this is an important word, and we're gonna come back to that, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Okay? So we know for sure, if you're an overcomer, your name will not be blotted out of the book of life, and I want you to look up what an overcomer is later in 1 John 5, 4, it says an overcomer is one who was born of God through faith. So if you've been born of God through faith, you're an overcomer. And if you're an overcomer, your name will not be blotted out of the book of life. Okay, so either way, if your name is, if every person's name is in the book of life, and then if you don't receive Jesus by faith, if you have the ability, by the way, then your name might be blotted out or... Your name is only added once you are saved, and your name will not be blotted out. Either way, this verse teaches us that the saved will not be blotted out of the book of life. Now, the Bible does talk about it in a few other places, in, in Revelation 3, 8, and in uh, Revelation 17, 8, it tells us that um, the people on the earth during the tribulation that took what's called the mark of the beast, 666, their names were never in the book of life. So this would go against the idea that everybody's names are in the book of life, and if you reject salvation, your name is taken out. Okay, so maybe in the Old Testament, when it talks about your name being blotted out, it is talking only about the book of the living, and it's not talking about the book of life. Okay, possible. And those verses would, would add weight to that. Revelation 20.15 says that if your name is not found in the book of life, you're cast into an eternal lake of fire. Revelation 21.27 says that only those found in the Lamb's book of life, now we have the word Lamb before the book of life, and that's when uh, the Lamb, Jesus, has been able to open the seals, which unfolds the, the, the different judgments of God upon the earth to bring the, the title deed of the earth back to Jesus. Now it's called the Lamb's book of life, because now he has claimed ownership of that book because of all, everything that's happened in the Revelation. It says that those that their names are found in the book of life will be able to enter the new Jerusalem, which is the eternal heaven on this earth. But then we come to Revelation twenty-two nineteen, And again, maybe we're not totally for sure on this. Revelation twenty-two nineteen, and this is the last thing that we're going to look at in this question. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Now, some translations, actually almost every translation except for the one I believe is the best, the King James. Why do you believe in the King James? Because it's the only translation that only um, relies on what's called the received text and almost all modern versions, even New King James and other versions, allude to corrupt text that I, I don't agree with. But that's a whole other sermon, a whole other issue. But the King James says, book of life here in this verse, and other translations might say, tree of life here. Okay, So there's a difference in, in translations. But I'm going to assume it's the book of life, and the reason is because there are other uh, things written in here that seems like you know it's the same, the same concept. You're not going to be... Um, able to enter the holy city and all of that. So, how do we understand this verse? Well, notice something. Remember, context is the most important thing whenever you're trying to understand the Bible. 
What's the context of Revelation 22, 19? If you read a few verses earlier, you're going to find that Jesus is inviting people to drink freely of the water. And if you drink freely of the water, one time you have eternal life. So is this warning to Christians? Is this warning to uh, people that you know, they're saved, but they, they, they're, they're adding or taking away from the book, the, 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 this book, which could be either Revelation or the Bible? And we know that that's wrong, but if, if you do that, it says your part will be taken out of this book of life. So this, this is written to the lost, because if you've received that free water, you're saved, right? So this warning and the verse ahead of it, the warning of not adding or taking away from the book of prophecy, either Revelation or the Bible, is the warning and the curse is to the lost, right? And it also doesn't say your name is taken out of the book of life. What does it say? His part is taken out of the book of life. Okay, so let me, let me just say this. Maybe, maybe the book of life is a book that has lines for every person that will ever be conceived or ever was conceived. And when you're saved, your name is put into that line. And once your name is there, because you put your faith in Jesus, that name will never be blotted out. But there's room for everybody. There, uh, the atonement has been paid for everybody. Everybody can be saved. Okay? Now, what is this part? Your part will be taken out of the book of life. Your allotment, the possibility of you coming in is no longer there. You won't have that anymore because it's warnings to the lost and the lost person has added or taken away from Scripture so they haven't taken Scripture seriously or the gospel seriously and therefore they're condemned. Okay, so whether it's your name, everyone's name's in the book of life and the name is removed or your name is added and I would also say preborn babies that die uh, infants that die before the age of accountability and those with mental handicaps, serious mental handicaps, I believe those names are in the book of life as well. And those won't be removed because God is a God of mercy. And if your name isn't in the book of life, please stop what you're doing and believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died on a cross and shed his blood, poured out his blood for you, for your sins. And the third day rose again. Put your trust in him, not just in a person that lived 2,000 years ago. You don't just believe that he existed. Put your trust in him. Put your faith in him. Put all of your eggs in that basket because that's the only way you'll get to heaven. And when you do believe in him and him alone to save you, that at that very moment, your name will never, ever, ever be taken out of the book of life. And that's the best news in the entire world. Let us know if you've done that or if you have questions about that. Go to ingraceradio.com or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. And when you contact us, 
we'd love to thank you for your gift of any amount that will keep In Grace going on the radio for more people to hear the gospel by sending you an exciting DVD series or digital download. It's called Discover Hidden Israel 2, and we research and study and go on an adventure at the Jewish temple. We go underneath the temple mount. We go on top of the temple mount with Dr. Scott Stripling. We also are going to, in another episode, go into the city of David and look at the brand new discoveries they've made, which may be the altar of Melchizedek and the altar of David where the Ark of the Covenant would have stood. And then we went to find ancient Michmash where Jonathan and his armor bearer defeated the Philistines there. And we saw amazing courage in them. And then he and I went to ancient Shechem into Joseph's tomb and Jacob's well. Incredible, incredible video, all filmed in Israel. If your gift can be $35 or more, we're going to send you all three Discover Hidden Israel series. And then if your gift is $100 or more, we're going to send you the entire eight-part Israel bundle. We'd love to hear from you right now. With a gift of any amount to In Grace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series. And with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive In Grace's entire Israel bundle, including eight video series filmed in Israel. Call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to In Grace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.